Peace and thank you, family, for tuning into Creative Habits Podcast. I'm your host, Philip Anthony. And I'm your co-host, Indigo. We're based in Washington, D.C. with leading discussions on topics surrounding pop culture, business, lifestyle, and art with an occasional guest appearance within the creative and entrepreneurial industry. What's up, beautiful people? Welcome to another episode of Creative Habits Podcast. How are you doing today, my love? I'm well. How are you? I am excellent. So today we're talking about wedding ceremonies and traditions from around the world. There are so many unique and interesting customs that different cultures incorporate into their weddings. One tradition from black communities is jumping the broom, which symbolizes sweeping away the past and starting fresh as a new couple. And in the Yoruba tradition, the couples taste four flavors that represent different stages of marriage. Bitter, sour, hot, and sweet. But not all traditions are sweet. As in the Banyankole tribe, the aunt of the bride must test the groom's virility by having sex with him on the wedding day. That's crazy. Talk about a family affair. Speaking of family, dowries. And bride prices are still used in some cultures as a way of providing financial security and uh, for the family. And in Japan, the bride and the groom share sake together in a ritual called San San Kuru. While in Guatemala, the mother of the groom breaks a white bell filled with flour, rice, and grains to welcome the newlyweds. Indian brides have henna painted on their hands and feet during the Mahindi ceremony, representing joy, beauty, and spiritual awakening. And in Venezuela, the pride and the groom slip away before the end of their reception, hoping to bring good luck to their lives together. One tradition from Germany is Bastamen Sagan. I know I murdered that one. Um, where the couple saw a log in half together as their first obstacle in marriage. In Namibia, the friends of a Himba bride kidnap her and pamper her with a headrest and adored jewelry. South Korean grooms traditionally brave a foot whipping <laughs> from his groomsmen, while Italian grooms serenade their brides under balconies. In Nigeria, the Igbo tribe celebrates with an Igbang Inku Nuani, where the bride serves wine to guests as she searches for her husband. While in Ghana, families gather to negotiate a bride price and official proposal of marriage. And in Armenia, the bride's mother-in-law places a decorated plate in front of her foot that she stomps on to ward off evil eyes. And finally, in Cameroon, the groom must correctly pick out his bride from multiple women with their heads covered, paying a fine until he picks the correct true bride-to-be. Also in Chile, couples wear their wedding rings on the right hand until the ceremony is officially over. These traditions remind us that there is no one-size-fits-all approach to love. So... It's an honor to celebrate traditions and reflect our culture, 
heritage, and personal beliefs. So what do you think about all that? Um, I think they're great ideas for what we can implement in our own ceremony. Tradition is very big, and there are so many different cultures that celebrate marriage in different ways, or um, to be inclusive of the two families that are joining together to have something that includes everyone. So being from Zimbabwe, give a little background on what I have to do in order for everything to go accordingly. Well, I got to do it. You were given the five-page pamphlet of it. I did. So, so go ahead. You do basically, it. Basically, <laughs> um, I have to ask for your hand in marriage and go to your parents or whoever raised you. Um, there's like a traditional, like, I want to say... Um, It's kind of like a drama. It's like I have to go call out your name, tell her I want to marry you, blah, blah, blah. Um, I have to do that for a couple of days. Then one of the, your family member agrees. Then I sit down with, I guess, like a mediator that represents me, and I speak with... Um, you know, whoever is the uh, the patriarch mm-hmm. of the family, he negotiates um, a bride dowry or a bride price, which may include um, cows, goats, or whatever, whatever. And I, the mediator negotiates what I can afford and basically ple- pleads my case after we come to an agreement. Um, there's a celebration right and I give the dowry for your hand in marriage yeah pretty much Um, there's more to it there's more context behind it but you absolutely nailed it Um, there's a process that has to be done before anybody (laughs) gets gets their wedding Mm. Um, and that is called Rora where the two families come together and you negotiate a price or what you're going to pay for the family to have raised such an amazing human being for you to call your wife. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but also there'll be damages because obviously, you know, we had a baby out of wedlock, so it might be very expensive for you. For me, <laughs> it takes two to tango, buddy. Um, then we have, which I want to implement in our marriage um, from the West African cultures that also other African-Americans implemented through their um, connection to Africa, which is the tastings of the four elements. Mm. So with that, you have, you know, some form of a representation for um, something being sour or bitter in our relationship, something being sweet, something being fire, like hot and difficult to handle situations. But those elements are a representation of what marriage is like. It's not always going to be sweet. It's not always going to be horrible. But with those four elements creates balance and a challenge for us to maintain a relationship through those seasons of changes, Hmm. which I think is very beautifully, a beautiful poetic, what is it called? Metaphor for what it is in in its actuality, but what is created in order for us to refer back to when we have those moments of pain or disagreement or laughter and all these things that encompasses the four elements meaning that it's not going to be a one-sided, you know, 
It's up and down. It's always going to be up and down, but there's, then there's that push and pull that we always have to help each other. So, you know, one of us has to lean on one another to make that work. Right. Right. Yeah. What do you think about all of this? And like, what, what, how do you, are, do you feel that traditions that are in place are important? Coming from a, a culture that has traditions of its own. Yeah, I think tradition is extremely important to keep us grounded and in our culture, mm. you know, and us from being two different backgrounds. I think it's even more important to um, help understand each other's um, roots a little bit more, you know, um, even though you're from Zimbabwe, I'm from, you know, um, PG County, Maryland. Uh, the United States, it's, um, I think it's important to blend both cultures, to embrace both cultures, mm -hmm. because we do have a child that is literally both, an literally African both. and American. Right. So it's not only important for us to understand and appreciate each other's cultures, not only that, but each other. It's important for our, our child to understand and appreciate those cultures, which is why I think it's also important for him to um, explore and learn as much as he can, you know, while he's young, because it's easier to absorb so um, he can understand who he is and where he came from. Most definitely. And um, what is the context behind jumping the broom? Because I've always wanted to jump the broom, so I'm very thankful that I have an African-American man in order to have that experience in my culture. But where did that come about? Because um, it's not something that is familiar to me as a person that was born in Africa, mm -hmm. where it seems like it's mostly an African-American tradition. But do you have any insight on it? I'll be honest, I have no idea. I know it started during um, when our ancestors were slaves, mm -hmm. but I have no idea where it originated or how it originated. Um, it's, it's interesting to know why the broom is significant, Yeah, if that makes sense. So here I found something that the New York Times had shared about jumping the broom. The tradition of jumping the broom at weddings has a long history that encompasses different cultures and continents, but it has always been a practice from its inception used by people who are ostracized and oppressed by the broader nation, state, or kingdom. Mm. Um, so jumping the broom... Uh, Jumping the broom is an act that symbolizes a new beginning and a sweeping away of the past and can also signify the joining of two families or offer a respectful nod to family ancestors. Mm. That's interesting. That's interesting. I know one main tradition that um, Americans have is it's kind of similar to the dowry in a sense, but it's not. Mm. But asking the father for the hand in marriage is it's extremely important for the the um 
not husband, um, fiance, the male fiance, mm-hmm. to ask, ask for the father. The blessings. Side. Yeah, <laughs> ask for the blessings, ask for the hand in marriage. What's interesting to me about it all as well, um, and I agree with you, there's so many different ways that different cultures have similar practices or similar ways that they go about something. So, for instance, the jumping the broom is also within the African-American culture, but it is also a very Irish tradition at Mm. their weddings to jump the broom. And there are some who believe that the practice is rooted in the Celtic culture as well as Roma. So, like, maybe maybe Christianity as well? Is it a Christian thing? Not really. It's just those specific Celtic culture, Roma, Irish, and Mm. then African-American. But they're saying that it's stemming from West Africa. So in in between that, you know, it could be. So maybe it originated in Africa. And as we um, branched out of Africa and started to, like, live in these different areas and climates, Mm. it started to change. It just, like, manifested into something different. Yeah, I would love to do a deep dive (laughs) and see for real. Like language, in a sense, because language, Mm -hmm. right? Um, Arabic is very similar to Spanish in some ways. And right? some African languages like Swahili has some words that are very right. Arabic. So maybe traditions were carried on through like um, trade or whatever, whatever. And stuff like that. I'm I'm not quite sure. Yeah. But uh, it's taxing, man. This, this is a very nervous situation. What's nervous? Because we got seven months. <laughs> and, and um, but the main nerve-wracking part about it, right, is the whole diary aspect. Because mm-hmm. it's a very serious thing. Like, you know, when it's like you're supposed to be performing or doing things that are not necessarily done in modern day, but you're now back in that setting of the traditional aspect of how it used to be done back in the day. Mm. It, it's going to be serious. Like you're going to feel quote unquote intimidated in those spaces because they're going to be serious about the cattle. They're going to be serious about A, B and C and like, you know, the whole process is going to be very much. Who's the, who's the mediator for your, your pops? There is no mediator. You're going to be the one. That now I'm talking mediator. about, tell me when your father got married to your yes. mother, who negotiated for him? That's a good question. I don't think they're any alive anymore, but I believe it was one of my uncles. Okay. Do you remember how it went down? No, because no children are allowed in the space, and I was 11 at the time. So you just remember the wedding? I remember the wedding. I do remember the night of the Rora, but it's only a space where they allow and welcome adults, so the children be in a different room. Mm. So we knew it was going down, but we don't see what's going down. So you didn't ear hustle or anything? Mm Mm-mm. But you're not supposed to. It's absolutely not supposed to be mm. a space because it's so negotiation heavy and, you know, in that aspect. But it's just a space where children should not be. Mm. So when it's your turn also, it'll be very now, serious. Now how do I know how, how I'm supposed to negotiate? They'll tell you before it happens. Because, you know, I'm a, a kind of go with the flow guy and I don't want to be like yeah, but also taking it's, advantage of But like, also it's that aspect that my granddad gave you like a whole chapter. He gave 20. me a whole pamphlet. Yeah, so you, <laughs> must, pamphlet be, was you like must be studying pages. that because it literally was everything you need to know is there. Right. Every single piece of it is there. Mm. 
I hope he and takes it. And one thing my granddad is serious about is a reader. Yeah. So he gonna know if you didn't read the thing. <laughs> I hope he takes it easy on me. He seems like he likes me. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. I don't. That doesn't sound um, reassuring at all. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Like I'm coming into this space as an adult, but also it's very different for me because my paternal side should be the ones that are giving me to you right. or handing me over as their family. But it, traditionally, you don't have the dynamic that was created in my life. That's unusual. Usually, both. You know, usually, both sides are Zimbabwean. Usually. There's a child that's there has one parent that's been consistent, you know, mm. rather than having a step parent. So we're already going to be remixing some of the things to cater to what I, I want or what is necessary for me to be moved forward without following it by the book. Mm. Yeah. The only thing I don't, I wouldn't say I don't like, but mm -hmm. the only messed up part about it is. Men don't get auroras. They do get aurora. That's dowry. We don't get dowries. What I'm going to get? There's a bride price, but there's also dowry. Some cultures, they actually, like the bride's family actually has to pay the groom. I want. You're just not in the right culture, honey. Four cows. You don't need no four cows. Goats. <laughs> you don't give birth. I don't. <laughs> no. But I do plant that seed. You plant though. the seed, but Bow. you don't give birth while you're out hunting. I'm busy educating the youth. <laughs> That's real. We are the people type <laughs> stuff right there. We are the people. Um, what was I going to say? So in some cultures, color is huge. You wear certain colors for your, your marriage. You wear certain garbs for your marriage, for that, for that experience. So what am I supposed to wear? No, you can wear what you want now, but I'm just saying, like, some cultures where, for instance, um, when some people in China get married, they have to wear red. Oh. And that symbolizes you being that space of purity, but also that space of new newness. I think I've seen that before. Korea mm -hmm. as well, right? They have something a little different. It's probably real taboo to wear black at a, a, a wedding. I haven't seen I haven't seen any culture yet to be wearing black. Mm -hmm. Then you have the Ndebele tribes that have, you know, beautiful, beautiful prints that they can wear for their wedding. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, you have um, Ghanaians who wear kente if they're part of the Akan culture. Mm -hmm. So it all depends. Um, Cameroonians, oh my gosh, they have amazing fabric and they do wear black. Really? Their traditional garb is black, and then it has, like, different colors around the black. But black mm. is the, the main background color. That's interesting. Yeah, it's really beautiful, though. Like, it's actually really nice. What's um, an unusual wedding you've been to? Um, I've only been to one wedding as an adult. But um, most of the weddings that I've been to are white weddings. And I remember as a child going to weddings and like being so drained out by the long church yeah. portion of it. And it's like it depended on what the depended it also depended upon Depends. <laughs> um, it was based on what kind of church someone was affiliated to. Mm. So, like, if it was a Catholic church, it would be super long because you have mass and all these things that happen prior to And that scary music that they sing. 
and and it wasn't like you know at some point you're like trying to be patient but after a while you're like oh my goodness like yeah. <laughs> i'm tired now yeah. um no nothing strange but just out of my comfort zone of being in those spaces um well how about you i don't wedding? think i've been to too many weddings mm-hmm. i think i've been to like Damn, I can't even remember how many weddings. I think I've been to one, two, three weddings, but they were all the same. Yeah. Long, drawn out, and a lot of <laughs> relationships yeah. didn't last. I'll be honest, though. Like, I think my top weddings are the weddings that I have been to as an adult. Mm. My cousin's was nice. The only thing that was missing was you because I didn't have my partner with me to enjoy what I was enjoying. <laughs> but yeah. it was lit. Um, and then Wes and Rashonda's wedding was lit as well. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. They did have a wedding. I loved I loved their ceremony and they were two different both weddings that I attended were two different styles. It was but nice to great. see my cousin um get loose and, and cut a rug, <laughs> man. He was so excited. He was so happy. They both yeah. were very happy. Yeah. I love seeing happy people. Yeah. You say he could cut a rug. He was cutting <laughs> a rug, man. He man, he was that the, the the head of the the, the 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 dancing train, man. It was crazy. Right. And then there's also people creating their own traditions for their weddings. Mm-hmm. So, for instance, what my mom did for my cousin, and she's like, oh, I want to do this now for all of my kids. You know, for all of our group of kids that are going to be married in the future. Where she did the Rose of Jericho. Mm-hmm. And pretty much her... Um, purpose of using the Rose of Jericho is because of its ability to expand and go back to being small again once mm-hmm. it's no longer immersed in the water. But the idea that each person in your family gets to pour into the Rose of Jericho to open up, you know, your lives as a family or lives as loved ones together that are going to then expand to create their own family. Did she have a speech? She did, but it was much more more eloquent than mine was. Can you recite her speech in her no. voice? <laughs> no, you need to ask your mother in law to get on the podcast, and she'll explain it to you. Yeah, yeah, it's a lot, man. Traditions like traditions are super important, right? Why? You know, it, it helps give us a foundation. To stand on, you know, and they've been going. Traditions have been happening for a extremely long time. Um, what are some untraditional weddings? Like going to elope in Vegas. Well, and that's the thing because sometimes you can say, "What is? What do we characterize as traditional?" Because people have been going to Vegas for so many years at this point that it that has become be a tradition. tradition. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah, that's the tough question to answer right there. And, like, what's the traditional time of the year for weddings? Right. Is it, is it spring, summer? I know there's some fall weddings. People don't really get married in, like, December, uh, first of the year. Mm-hmm. Like, like what's, what, is, what is a traditional time of the year to have a good wedding yeah i don't know instead of maybe saying traditional what is the most common right we could probably say common because 
a lot of people end up having their weddings destination or not during the summertime. Mm-hmm. So that window period between June and August. But also knowing that a lot of that seasonal time is when people can take time off to go on a vacation for their honeymoon. Mm, that makes a lot of <laughs> so, sense. That makes a lot of sense. Capitalism also has to be in the mix of it. You know, yeah. like just being able to survive in this type of society dictates how we have certain things or ceremonies that occur. And I wonder, because um, I know weddings mostly in the past in America have been in churches. Mm. But there's a lot more like destination weddings and, and venue weddings. Venue weddings and outdoor weddings. Like what I wonder where do get where do people get married the most in? Is it churches? Is it venues, outdoor, like Um, I still think the church wins. Hmm. Because a lot of the times people finding or seeking a venue is cumbersome but also very expensive. Yeah. So imagine just being asking an aunt, asking a mom, your or asking you know, church. your neighborhood yeah. church, can I have my wedding or can I at least have my ceremony here? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because that adds up and somebody nine times out of ten is gonna say yes, you can make a small donation to the church or mm-hmm. whatever. It still costs, it's still gonna cost you, but it's not gonna be as much as the venue's gonna ask for. Mm-hmm. So cutting costs in half, cutting <laughs> Price has to deal with it as well. Wow, weddings so damn expensive. Because <laughs> they're profitable. There's more people now getting married, right? Yeah, but we shouldn't have to take out a, a a mortgage just to get just to have a wedding. It doesn't make sense at all. No, but we are paying somebody's restaurant bill for the first the, the next three months. And then so we it's have profitable to feed for them. people. <laughs> we have to be good hosts. Yeah, any, par- any party. Why do we baby. have to? Why do we have to host if we're getting married? Because look, they look at it this: us. your wedding is your love party. So regardless of whether or not it's this or that, it's a party still. So when you entertain a group of people, you have to feed them and make them feel Hold entertained. On. Hold on. No. <laughs> when you're having a birthday. Yeah. Do you give all your guests gifts when it's your birthday, or do they give you gifts? Yeah, okay. But you ask people to come to your birthday party, the majority of the bill for that birthday party experience is booked by you. Hmm. So it is your gift to your friends to be like, hey, I got you. Come to my party. This is what we're doing. The deposit should be paid for. You're not paying for people's individual meals but you've booked the space or yeah you have booked you know the skiing rink but they got to get their skates i feel like the math is not mathing nah (laughs) math is not mathing but Um, i I feel that though i feel that so i want to do the tastings for a wedding and Mm. i want to jump the broom what are some things that you would like to do first dance Mm -hmm. Um, first dance to what? We'll figure it out when we get there. Okay. Um, I, my main thing that I'm looking forward to is just sitting in front of that altar situation, saying my vows, and saying I do. Everything else is just icing on the cake to me. Icing. Yeah, I do. And I do look forward to um, cheesecake. <laughs> and donuts. 
then donuts. Yeah. All right, folks. Don't forget to like, share, subscribe, comment, and we will talk to you later. Peace.